Hey guys, this is Nomar Masara from the Texas Ranger, and I'm listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Welcome to Rangers Nation podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello everyone and welcome once again to Rangers Nation's podcast. I am your host, the Recliner Nerd, John Moore, and today, Free Willy. That's the name of today's episode. It's Free Willy as the Texas Rangers have called up Willie Calhoun. He's been here for five days. We'll talk about Willie and the hot start he's gotten off to. We'll also talk to Joey Gallo. I asked Joey Gallo Friday uh, about the very first home run he ever hit over a fence. He'll tell us how old he was when that happened. He also talked about the the one home run out of all the home runs he's ever hit. The one he'll always remember, the moment he hit it, he went, oh my gosh, I got all of that one. You might think it was one of the 472s or something that he's hit as a Ranger. It might be. It might not. He may just not have even been a pro player whatsoever. But we'll look. We'll listen to that as Joey talks about that. Then we'll go down in the bus leagues. Down in the bus leagues, we'll talk about all things minor league baseball, and we'll have an interview. I talked to the play-by-play man for the Down East Wood, Doc, Wood, Wood Ducks, Matt Present, and we'll listen to that. Matt Present from the Down East Wood Ducks, and we'll do that, all of that, right after this. Okay, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Rangers Nation's podcast, and today's episode is Free Willie. Willie Calhoun has joined the Major League staff. Uh, he was he was called up last week right before in the middle of the Kansas City series. He came up and played the last two games in Kansas City. Um, started out well right now. I mean, if you're if you haven't paid attention to what he's done so far, he's hitting four seventy-six. Um, he's got two home runs. He's had 21 in bats. He is tearing it up. I had the, the game-tying RBI today uh, in, in the hit that brought in the tying run in the uh, ninth inning. And then uh, and then uh, Nomar came up and, and got the, the walk-off. So um, I had a chance to go to the locker room Friday for his first game back in town. Um, he was there taking questions at his locker um, when he got back uh, – when we were before the game, we were down there. He, there was a lot of people uh, that that were getting some uh, attention, but Willie really had everyone in front of him. So I got in there and got some tape on that, and we can listen to that real quick. This was him talking to the press. I, I've edited my point in because you you can't really hear what the questions were. So I I'm giving you what the questions were, and then uh, and then you can hear Willie's response to all of that. And let's let's take a listen to Willie real quick as he's he's back in town Friday. He's talking to everyone, and this is what he had to say about uh, the first couple of games being back and how he feels to to be back in Arlington. So Willie was asked, he was asked by uh, one of the riders, how good does it feel right now at the plate? Uh, yeah, um, just one of those times, you know, where uh, you see the ball, you're seeing the ball really good, and um, I was seeing it really well down in AAA, so I mean, I was hoping the, that it would carry over to here. Then he was asked if that time in Nashville helped or would he have worked it out anyway. That's kind of what they asked next. Uh, I kind of, this year, I just kind of just focus on just like refining everything. Uh, first few weeks, I spent a, um, some time looking at some old videos from um, back when I was like with the Dodgers. So uh, I, I, I uh, definitely studied like some films. So uh, I found some things that, that helped and that um, hopefully will stick. 
Then Radican, uh, John Radican said, hey, what a better way to start. You can't imagine a much better way to come than these first couple of games since coming, getting called up. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, just just uh, trying to stay with that same approach every day is going to be something that I'm trying to stick with. Rad's continued by saying the word that Woody keeps using is stubborn. Do you feel like the, Woody said you're being stubborn at the plate? Do you feel like that, that what he's saying is true and that you are being stubborn at the plate? Yeah, uh, that's something that they've been preaching ever since things changed. You know, talking with the older guys, you know, um, there's a lot of good hitters on this team. So, I mean, uh, just being able to pick their brains and and just uh, the approach and being stubborn to hitting your pitch is something that uh, – as a team that we're ever really focusing on. Then he was asked if he felt that he had handled the entire situation well. Uh, yeah, for the most part, I feel like, uh, you know, I just went down and just really just uh, last year I kind of let it affect me. This year I didn't, I didn't let it affect me at all. And uh, still, still I had a positive attitude and um, just, just focusing on things that I can control. Then he was told the key is not to bring it to the field like last year. And this year, didn't matter how it bothered you, you were disappointed. You learned not to bring it to the field, and that's what you did this year. Yeah, no, it, it never, it never went to the field with me. Um, that's something, that's something I learned from last year that I told myself I'd never let happen again. So, um, just, just staying with the same approach. He was then asked if he was sure of what his role was going to be. Is it still murky, or are you clear what's going to be happening going forward? Uh no, not really. I don't really think too far too far ahead. Uh, just take it day by day and um, go out there every day and give it your best. Then he was asked about second base and what's going on there. Uh, I played I played a few games at second. Um, they started playing me like two or three weeks ago. Uh, my first game was in Iowa, so my first ground ball is kind of weird just because I haven't had a ground ball in a while, but uh. When I, I honestly felt like more comfortable, like as the game went on, and I was able to turn a few double plays and get some ground balls, so it was nice. Then he was asked if there was any difference. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, just when I was just when I was first started taking ground balls, I felt a lot better because when I was with the Dodgers, I was obviously heavier and I wasn't able to get to as many balls. But now I'm I was more agile, like side to side, as far as that. So, I mean. You could tell right away that Willie Calhoun was enjoying all of this. I mean, he felt so relieved to be there. He felt so good. You could tell that that uh, the way he had started off, that, that he had a confidence with him that, that was unbelievable. And I mean, it was really nice to see. I think everybody that, that, that on Twitter and on, on Facebook and every social media, you know, on the – Anybody that's that's interacted with me, they're all ready for Willie to come up. Of course, Odor's still the goat. Everybody wants Odor gone, but uh, they were all ready for Willie to get here. Tepid was saying all along, "Free Willie." Everyone's kind of the mantra was "Free Willie." Let's free Willie. I tell you what, he's here, and honestly, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, the way he's hitting now, they're they're going to have some rope even if he goes. Look, he's not going to bat 500 he's hitting 476 right now he's not going to hit that the rest of the year um we know that but i mean it's obvious that this guy is he is comfortable at the plate he's putting good barrels on the ball what's impressive is taking the ball the other way he's had a couple of really good hits where he's seen the hole 
took the pitch and just flat out took it the other way, and that that's impressive. Odor's not doing that now. Now, look, I'm still – the best second baseman on the team is Odor. Now, that's defensively. Offensively, Odor's starting to sort of get himself together. I mean, obviously he's a long way from, from actually – being back to where he can be, but but uh, you know before the before the game we all got a chance to sit down with uh, with Woody in the office. Woody does a little uh, get together with the press before, and I, I had privilege to that sit in his office and go over it. And some people were asking about Odor, and you know with Woody they they were really asked about Willie. Willie was playing second base at AAA. Is that an indication that maybe Willie's going to play second base and all of that? And Woody um, basically said. He wanted Willie to play some second base because that's just another option they have for him. But right now, that 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 you know, we've got some other second basemen. I'm basically alluding to to Forsyth and to uh, Santana that can play second base before they would put Willie in there. They trust them more. But it's another versatility they have with. They don't want him to forget how to play second base in case injuries or something come into that. So they were asking about Odor. And, and what are they going to do with that? And, you know, he had a pretty interesting answer about Odor. And, and the, the short answer is this. Odor's not going anywhere right now. And, and he basically said that, um, that a lot of people were asking, uh, you know, when is it time to sit him? He had said a couple of days. He's kind of done well after the couple of days he sat. And he basically said, look, if we could see that it was affecting him in any way right now his attitude is the attitude we want for someone that's struggling he's positive he's working he hasn't given up he's on the film he's in there watching video he's working with everybody he's keeping a positive attitude and he said until you're not seeing that it's not affecting him out in the field Uh, he said until that he has earned the right as a major leaguer to try to work his way out in the lineup and i'm going to do that for right now i'm going to let him try to work it out there now he didn't shut the door and say, don't ask me again, he's never coming out. I think there is a point, and he, he kind of hinted to that too, that, that there might be a point where if it, if, if it continued and it just nowhere to go, then obviously he would have to look at making some tough decisions, but he wasn't ready to go there yet. And that's kind of the way he said it, was he wasn't really ready to go there yet. And and he, right now he's, he's – uh, He's happy with what he's seeing from Ruggy and the work that he's putting in, and he feels like he's going to come out of it. So for everybody that's throwing that big fit about Ruggy and, and, you know, when is Ruggy going? He's not going anywhere right now. Um, you know, this team, once again, we're two games under 500. Uh, the Rangers are two games under 500. That This is a 500 team. We talked about that last time. They're going to be a 500 team. I think if they were in the middle of the race right now, which they still could get in there, when Ruggie's costing them games, when he's costing them games, that might be a point. But right now he's not costing them games. He's in a slump, but he's not the reason they're losing games. They're losing games because when they get the lead, they're not holding it. They've got to get these bullpen arms, and they've got to get these starters to go longer, and they're just not doing it right now. So that was it. But now – you know, being around, I just want to give you kind of a uh, a behind-the-scenes look of what, what press get, do there. Um, I'm getting to look at it. And from a fan perspective, it's obviously really cool that I'm getting to do this. But, you know, I, I have to conduct myself different than a fan. I'm a paying customer. I pay to go to Ranger games. I don't now, when I go to these, I'm actually working – press credential so when i'm down there i the last thing i want to do is get in the way of your beat writers and your uh you know mlb's tr sullivan mlb levi garrett over at athletic and then you've got uh, 
uh, Jeff over at the Fort Worth Star-Telegram and, of course, Evan over at the Dallas Morning News. And, and these guys are such pros and so great to anybody in that in that press box. And, the, and you know, just follow them around, and they'll, they'll give you any help you need um, getting, getting tape. And my, my main thing is to get tape on the podcast. I don't cover them daily. I do keep score every time I'm there and enjoy that. But, you know, I'm not writing an article every day. I, I, I don't get paid to do that. So the podcast is what I'm trying to get tape on. And uh, But so the neat thing I got to do before the game, it's a lot easier. After the game, the first couple of games I was there, they had lost. It wasn't great time to get in there and talk to any of the players I got a chance to talk to Joey Gallo and I wanted to go at it a different way everyone's going to ask Gallo about how does it feel you know you're feeling good right now you hit a home run yesterday that he had hit a a home run the day before when I talked to him Friday he had hit that one opposite field in Kansas City so I thought I would go at Joey from a different perspective I wondered what it would be like if he remembered the very first home run he had ever hit over the fence and he told me about that, the first one he ever hit over the fence and how old he was. And then I went there and I asked him, okay, besides that, from that day until yesterday when you hit the one out in Kansas City, what's one home run that you can remember that, man, when you hit it, you knew right away, oh, my gosh, I just got a hold of that one. And he kind of giggled and laughed and talked about it. It was pretty interesting, but this is what he had to say. As a guy that played ball years and years and years ago, I can remember the only ball I ever hit over a fence. For mm-hmm. you, can you remember the very first ball you ever hit over a fence and how old were you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was um, eight years old um, playing in a, at a, a field called a Royal Grande. Uh, I actually lived this offseason right across the street from it. In um, Vegas? Yeah, in Vegas, yeah. in Las Vegas. It was, uh, I think, it was a nine or ten and under tournament. Uh, I was on Bryce's team. Yeah. Harper was on my team as yeah. well, and I uh, hit it to right center. I remember running around the bases, like, you know, almost about to, like, black out because it sure, was just such, sure. a, like, a cool moment. Yeah. And uh, ever since then, that feeling was uh, exciting. I wanted to keep hitting the ball over the fence, but I'll never forget that first home run. Okay, one more. So out of all of them, from that day until yesterday, out of all the ones you've ever hit, can you think of the one I don't care if it was when you were in high school or minor Mm -hmm. leagues, that the moment you hit it, you went, my God, that's the one I got all of. Yeah, there was a couple, there was one that I hit at UNLV, um, which is a college in Las Vegas. It was during one of our American Legion tournaments, it was a high school tournament. Uh, And then we were using the old metal bats, which were like, you know, unfair. And the drop remember, 10 or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And this, if you hit the ball in the barrel, it went flying. And I remember I took a, it was like a 2-0 pitch, and I just swung as hard as I possibly could. And I actually hit it perfectly on the barrel, and it went, like, over the trees in center field. Like, I mean, it had to be, like, 500 feet. I mean, it was easy just because it was a metal bat. I just complete. I didn't even. I pretty much closed my eyes and swung as hard as I can, and I hit it. And I remember looking up at it. And um, so you were in high th- school, I said. Yeah, I was in high school. And okay. the other, I remember the other coach told me. He goes, "I never look at the other team's home runs, but I had to look at that home run because <laughs> I, I needed to see where it landed." He always used to tell me that. Um, so I that was one of them that I, I'll never forget. And I want to thank Joey for for sitting and talking to me. That was so cool. He, he, he seemed to really enjoy it. And, and, uh, he had a fun look on his face, uh, talking about, he kind of lit up talking about that and the way that coach had, had talked to him afterwards. Uh, and that was really cool of him to do that. So, 
Um, anyway, talking about the Rangers, the Mariners come tomorrow. I'm going to be working the Mariners game tomorrow. Um, if you're listening to this today on Monday, I will be at the Mariners game uh, to uh, Monday night to, to work the Mariners game. Hopefully get some more good tape there. Um, this team's 500 right now. Willie's here. Willie's raking. That's pretty good. Odor's, you know, s- still slumping, but not quite as bad. Um, and, you know, there's a – Couple injuries. Uh, it looked like Danny Santana got hit in the ankle the other day. Keep an eye on that. We'll see what happens there. There's there's nothing that's definite about that. But so what we're going to do now is we need to go down in the bus league. So let's go down in the bus leagues and talk all things minor league baseball. Hey, this is Brock Brick of the Texas Rangers. You're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast and the Recliner Nerd. This is Ryan Rillard from the Frisco Rough Riders, and you're listening to the Rangers Nation podcast. Okay, so welcome to Down in the Bus Leagues. Down in the Bus Leagues. That's what we're going to do now. We're going to go over every minor league affiliate, where they stand right now, any news that's going on. But before we do any of that uh, and get into anything that's going on, let's start now by talking. I had a talk with Matt Present. Matt Present is the play-by-play guy for the Down East Wood Ducks, the best team in the minor league system as we are talking right now. Uh, Matt came on with me. Uh, we were setting up some interviews. We're going to be setting, setting up an interview with Ryan Dora. I was supposed to talk to him Friday. They got in real late, and Matt texted me and said that he wasn't going to be able to get Ryan on there Friday to talk to me. Um, and then uh, also going to talk to Sam Huff in the next week or so. Sam was going to get on. We're going to talk to Sam a little bit, uh, the guy that's leading the minor leagues in home runs, or he still was. He may not have not checked today. need to check that and see. But uh, he had his first home run for Down East the other day. But uh, – in the meantime, I wanted to talk to Matt a little bit about Matt and where he grew up and what he did. So Matt was gracious enough to come on and, and talk with me about that. But to start it off, I, I, we got him on, and what, before we started recording, we were talking about uh, some of the stuff he had just read about the numbers and where Down East was at the time. And I found it was pretty interesting. And so I started off with that, and I said, hey, Matt, uh, tell me about what you just read about the Down East Wood Ducks. Well, as of today, I was just looking up where the Wood Ducks rank in terms of all the teams in minor league baseball because obviously they've gotten off to a fantastic start this season and they actually are tied for the most wins in all of the minors. The Delmarva Shorebirds actually have a slightly better winning percentage with a couple of fewer losses, but the Woodies have equaled them for the most wins and they've actually won the most road games out of any team in minor league baseball. They're a unbelievable 17 and two on the road and so we're currently in the midst of a seven game road swing and so as you can imagine things are going pretty well and yeah and we're and believe me when i say this people that 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 uh listen to me or read my stuff and a lot of people are really really watching these these kids that are in the farm system for the rangers they have their eyes on the wood ducks it's without a doubt the best team in the rangers farm system right now record wise and a lot of the top prospects who has stood out to you among these prospects, tell me some of the guys you just really enjoyed watching, and man, they're they're all that they're hyped to be. Well, I think the first guy that jumps off the page is a guy who just got promoted up to Frisco, and that's Tyler Phillips, the opening day starter here from down east. And in talking with different people and in watching him go about his business, I think what really stood out most about him was A, his confidence, and B, just the way he attacked hitters. He was in a race to get to two strikes. He was ahead of almost every hitter he faced here at this level and while maybe he doesn't have stuff that jumps out at you where you go man this is unbelievable his confidence in his pitches makes him a really elite pitcher and 
you know, he only allowed runs in a couple of his starts. He was absolutely fantastic. And just the way he went out there and, and threw strikes and commanded the zone and, and really just made it his game and got out on the offensive as a pitcher was really fun to watch. Um, offensively, I mean, up and down the lineup, you alluded to it, how many guys are on this top 30 prospect list. I know you put together your top 20 list, but I'll tell you the guy that's really impressed me most in terms of the little things is Yanni Hernandez. He, I, he's not the Leone Tavares and Anderson Tejeda, the guys that fans probably know yeah. a little bit better, but Yanni just finds a way to get on base every single game. He right now is riding a 24 Holy game cow. on base streak. Um, and over that stretch, he's getting on base just shy of 500. So a great leadoff hitter to have in your lineup. And I think he really makes a lot happen with his speed, with his intangibles, with his ability to bunt for base hits. And a young guy, too. And he's set up guys. He is, yeah. I mean, a lot of guys at this level are young. Yanni just turned 21 last week, yeah. I believe. Um, but he's he really sets the table and puts the Anderson Tejeda's and the Dios Bell Arias's and the uh, – you know, middle of the order, uh, Leody Tavares and Ryan Doro, those guys in opportunities to drive in runs. And a lot of it starts with him getting on base. Yeah, and I've heard a lot of great things about Yanni, too. I don't know if you know who Tepid is from here in Dallas. Um, uh, Tep participation, he's big from Lone Star Ball. He's talked about Yanni. Um, that, that's, that's fantastic. So with, with Tyler gone, is it Lats? Is that y'all's who, – who's the – the rest of the rotation, who do you like besides Tyler, who obviously got promoted? I, I know Tyler's hot. I saw Tyler last year. Tyler is a strike thrower. And, hey, if you want to get to the big leagues, you got to throw strikes. And, man, that guy wasn't walking anyone hardly. He's very stingy with the balls. And no question. Who else in the rotation? No question. Uh, so there's been a lot of fluctuation in our rotation, bo- both with the promotion and also with injuries, unfortunately, with A.J. Oh, Alexi yeah. and Noah Bremer going down recently. Um so there's certainly been some moving parts. We've had some relievers step up and give us some good innings in the rotation. But a guy who's throwing tonight, Reed Anderson, I think has a lot of promise uh, in the starting role. Uh, he's walked more guys than you would like to see so far this year, leading the league in walks. But he keeps the ball low in the zone. And so a lot of those walks end up turning into double play balls. And so he, he's pitching to an ERA right around two. And for a guy who went to Millersville as an yeah. outfielder, He's done awfully well on the mound. Yeah, I have. I've heard. He throws I've, his fastball 97, uh, 98 miles an hour. And so I think he, you know, if he continues to grow as a pitcher, he, he could really show yeah, a lot Yeah, you of know, problems. and I, I, I forgot Reed was there. I have been watching his stats, and they, they have been good. Another guy that just got promoted up to you, big boy Sam Huff. I saw him catch last year. You've seen him. He started out relatively hot. No power yet, but he's hitting a lot of doubles. He is. Three doubles in his first three games when he was promoted, led all of minor league baseball and home runs with 15. And it's just effortless power. You watch him take batting practice, and there's some swings that look like it's just a flick of the wrist. Last night, he had one into the wind that went over the video board here in Potomac. <laughs> and I turned to our hitting coach, Chase Lamb, and I, I went, it, it just looks like it's all wrist, like he's just flicking it. And Chase kind of just shook his head and went, it's unbelievable. And that's the kind of power that Huff possesses. And it's not just offensively, but defensively talking to people in this organization. They really like what he brings to the table. I know he's a bigger frame than most catchers. He's 6'4", uh, 230. Yeah, he's big. And so I asked Turtle Thomas, who's our bench coach and, and the catching 
guy here at this level, and he said he thinks it would be a, an incredible mistake to move Huff away from catcher that with his arm and his ability to really be sound behind the plate, he could be the most talented catcher in this organization. And the Rangers really have a ton of promise. In yeah. That position. You know what I actually, and, and such a, just an absolute sweet kid too. I met him last year at the Hickory game when I was in West Virginia and just a nice kid and just work ethic, unbelievable from what I understand. And he certainly came across as just a very polite and nice kid. So, I mean, you, you root for guys like that and to watch the power surge this year, it, it really fires us up uh, to see, especially at catcher. Um, he's kind of leapfrog. He's he's leapfrog. Absolutely. Navoa got de- uh, he got demoted with Huff going up. You've got Watley there too, who's who. That's where Jose Trevino uh, and him went to college, the same place. Um, so we're pulling for Watley too. I, I know he hadn't started out great by, at the plate, but he's also a good defensive guy. He is, and I haven't seen Watley play since spring training. I was out uh, in Surprise for a week and got to to see him a little bit, but. Every time I brought up Sam Huff's name in the early season before he was promoted, Matt Watley was referenced in that conversation. I think the Rangers are still really high on Watley. And I got the sense that while he doesn't have the same gaudy numbers as Huff, that he was hitting a lot of balls hard and they were just going for outs. And that over the course of a season, he's going to finish with some pretty good numbers well, that, too. It, obviously, uh, the catching position is something the Rangers are, are – that are trying to develop and that's some great young names to look for let's talk about you matt so tell us about yourself where did you grow up i grew up in silver spring maryland which is just outside dc um and i've stayed relatively close to home my whole life i went to high school in the area went to the university of maryland for college and that's kind of where i started broadcasting um i worked for a college summer league baseball team in the cal rickon league which is a wood bat league, much like the Cape Cod League or a league like that. And uh, there were teams in the area in that league that had broadcasters, and that kind of is what began my interest. So did did you play sports? I I assume you were always a sports fan. Uh, Did you play any sports in high school, or did you just just love sports, and that's just what drew you to it? You just enjoy it? Yeah, I grew up playing just about everything at some point. Um, In high school, I played – baseball all four years and then I played soccer for two years and golf the other two years so it it was it was always something well and so let me ask you this I know a lot of minor league play-by-play guys uh, a lot I know you work for the Wood Duck do you probably do that year-round but do you call other sports in the area during the year when the Wood Ducks are down so my position with the Wood Ducks is actually seasonal it it depends on different teams how they handle it a lot of teams have guys as year-round guys who do sales or marketing or other right. things in the off season, and some teams just have a guy seasonally. So my position is just during the baseball year. Um, last off season, I've done something a little bit different each year, but last off season, I lived in Winston Salem and I worked for a company called IMG, which is now Learfield IMG. They merged um, towards the end of my time there, and I was the studio host for UNC Charlotte football and basketball. Yeah. And so uh, at Learfield IMG, they have. 40 or 50 different schools, and that was, I guess, before the merger. So probably over 100 now that all run their broadcast through that building. So I was a studio host there and then did some play-by-play on the side, uh, high school football, and then I also did a whole bunch of different sports at Guilford College, which is a D3 school. Uh, so your ultimate go, I guess, you want to be a major, score, uh, major sports play-by-play announcer somewhere in any major sport or is baseball you're calling? Is that what you want to do or any sport? You just want to be a play-by-play guy, period. Yeah, I think um, the perfect scenario would be something where I'm able to do baseball half the year and probably college basketball the other half of the year. Those are, 
I think the two sports that I enjoy the most and probably have the most comfort with. Um, you know, I'm at this point, just kind of taking it one step at a time, not really looking too far down the road. Um, obviously, it's the last couple of years I've moved around a lot. I started in York, Pennsylvania, then last year in Lynchburg and Winston-Salem over the winter. So I've been in four cities in the last two years and hoping to stay in one place a little sure. bit longer. Um, I, I think there's often a temptation to try to, you know, get to the top as fast as you can, if you will. And, you know, there's certainly something to be said about continuing to challenge yourself and continuing to grow. But as I've met different people in the industry, I, I think I'm seeing the big picture a little bit more now than maybe a year or two ago. And I think, you know, getting a chance to work with UNC Charlotte and seeing Matt Swarad, their play-by-play broadcaster and his setup where he, you know, calls UNC Charlotte uh, football and basketball and then does the Charlotte Knights, the AAA yep. affiliate of the White Sox, and is able to stay in one city the whole year. I mean, there are not too many guys that have that luxury, but, I, you know, I think I would prefer something like that than to, you know, spend my whole life chasing sure. the major league uh, play-by-play job. You know, not that I would turn down a major league job. I just think, you know, there's a lot that goes yeah. into it um, and a lot that kind of takes place when you're looking for what that you know ultimate goal or ultimate position is so that was probably a, a long-winded answer but I, i'm not sure that i have you know one spot now in it mind, makes total makes sense. sense and actually to leave your options open you, you sound like you're just a complete sports fan now i gotta ask this obviously you must be a texas ranger fan since you're calling a texas ranger affiliate uh what were your your favorite pro teams growing up who did you enjoy watching or who, who were your who were you rooting for there in the dc area uh, so I rooted for the Orioles, and basically everyone else was a D.C. team. The Nationals were not around when I was growing up and first, you know, establishing those allegiances. Yeah. But uh, it, it's funny because, you know, only being with the Rangers uh, a couple of months now, I, my it, it was not hard, and part of that is the fact that the Orioles are not <laughs> in a great place right now. But, but my investment in the Rangers right now is so far beyond um, – what my investment in the Orioles has been over the last couple of years. And so much of that is just, you know, the Rangers have been so great to me to give me the opportunity to come out this spring and call a couple of spring training games and just the way they've communicated with me and welcomed me. And, you know, the, the way I'm able to, you know, kind of connect with the entire organization is something that I had not experienced my last that, couple of years. That's fantastic. And, you know, and believe it or not, last year I told you I did the little trip with the wife and we went up through and we ended up going to Baltimore and going to an Orioles game. Uh, and it was kind of in the last stretches of, of Manny Machado being there. He got traded, uh, but he was still with them when we got there. Uh, Camden Yards is a great place. It was really neat walking out there. We're all the uh, out there. It and, is. And yeah. I, I, I wrote an facility. article about a baseball trip how you need to go on a baseball trip if you can incorporate anywhere you go with the family to get to a minor league game or a or a professional game or a, or a mlb game you know that's but camden yards is on the list it's a bucket list crossed off for us but it was a neat place so i could see you probably went out to camden yards many times but that's a neat place it is very iconic there's a lot of character in that park and I'm excited to hopefully get out to Globe Life Field at some point at the end of this year before they close that down. And I'm sure there's a lot of excitement about the new stadium. Yeah, you know what? Well. If you, you need to get in touch, Matt, we'll touch base if you do get out. Love to. I'm, I'm actually uh, I'm credentialed for the Rangers also. So I do go to some of the Ranger home games um, and, and work those too. But w- without a doubt, would 
love to run into you and give you some tips on where to go when you get around here. Matt, listen, I appreciate you coming on with us. It's been fantastic. We love talking to, to affiliates, uh, part of the Texas Ranger organization. I pre- appreciate the insight on the players down there. We'll touch base again and maybe do some updates later in the season. And some new kids get moved up there, and you can tell us what you're seeing. Sounds good. Happy Thanks, to do Matt. It I totally appreciate it. That's Matt Present, play-by-play announcer for the play-by-play man for the Down East Wood Ducks. Okay, so that was uh, Matt Present. It sounded like I cut him off a few times. Uh, we actually do a lot of the uh, – I do a lot of the the uh, taping of phone interviews. I have to do it on an app uh, for the equipment I have. And, and somehow when it's downloading, sometimes it – it, it downloads the tracks a little differently. And it's something I'm working on, but it sounds like I keep cutting Matt off. It, it actually didn't quite go that way, so don't think that he's mad at me or upset with me. Um, he, he did not get cut off by me all the time. It just happened to tape it that way. Anyway, so that was Matt. He, a great guy uh, doing the, the, the play-by-play for Down East. Let's, let's, now that we're down in the, the bus leagues, let's obviously talk about some of the teams, where they're at, what's going on. Of course, in the minor leagues right now, some of the biggest news coming on were a couple of injuries that, that turned out to be relatively severe. And one of those, uh, I pro- perhaps the biggest blow to any of them, uh, well, both of them were very huge blows. First one was to Cole Reagans. Cole Reagans was 2017 number one draft pick. Um, and he had Tommy John surgery, was out all of 2018, was already throwing off uh, flat ground. Then he was onto the mound. He was getting ready to uh, start facing batters when word came out just last week that uh, he was going to have a second Tommy John surgery on that left arm. Big guy, left-handed, throws hard through mid-90s. Um, you know, you hope that he can get back from that. That's just sickening to, to even have that happen. I'm, I can't even under – I can't believe it or understand um, what he must be going to. Another one was Chris Cease. Chris Cease is a shortstop for Hickory. He's the kid that was a uh, high draft pick uh, also in uh, 2017, that same year. We had a couple of high picks, and he was the other one. Uh, he, he went out all of last year with a shoulder surgery on his throwing shoulder. Now, that's the thing that happened to Profar. Profar had an issue with his throwing shoulder. Cease had that last year, got back from it. Everything was going great. He was tearing up uh, the South Atlantic lead. He was doing where, and he injured his shoulder again. It wasn't the same one. He did injure the non-throwing shoulder, but it required surgery, and now he is shut down for the rest of the year, and so that's another blow to two of the top prospects that we had in the top 20 list and MLB has in the top 30 list. You feel so bad for those kids, but they are – you know, they are, you know, injuries happen. It, it sucks. We hope to get those guys going and get them back and get them back up here. But it was really sad to hear, and, and, it, and it really, really stunk for both of those guys. But now let's go to every affiliate, kind of see where we're at, and we're going to start it out with the Hickory Crawdads. So Hickory is in the South Atlantic League. They're in the northern division of the South Atlantic League. Hickory is 27-15. and 15. Uh, they are in third place in that northern division. They're five and a half games back. They're five and five over their last ten games, uh, but they do have a winning record. They're they're well above. They're twelve games over five hundred and playing well um, in the South Atlantic League. Uh, the, obviously, some of the big stars that are playing there are you've got uh, Cole Wynn made a start this week. Cole Wynn went, uh, I believe, Cole went uh, three innings, uh, gave up a couple of runs. They they had him on a very strict. Pitch County was the 2018 number one pick. Uh, so they've got him. Uh, he started this week. Hans, Hans Kraus, the number one pick overall, is also a guy that uh, is, is playing for uh, 
Hickory. The, probably the top uh, hitting prospect there is Jonathan Ornelas. Uh, he was a, a high pick last year. I think he was a second rounder or third rounder shortstop out of Arizona. And uh, he's tearing it up, hitting over 300, uh, playing shortstop. He, he was actually moving around a little bit, playing some third, and but he's really settled in at shortstop now that Cease is hurt. And so Jonathan Ornelas is, is pretty much uh, – uh, taking care of that. So from there, we got to go to the uh, uh, to the best team in the minor league system right now, and and that is the uh, the uh, Down East Wood Ducks. And let's look at the Down East Wood Ducks. They are uh, Down East is right now they're thirty and fourteen, uh, well above five hundred. They're sixteen games over five hundred. They're leading the Carolina League, the Southern Division of the Carolina League. They're six and four in their last. Uh, ten games. They have a three and a half game lead over Carolina, the Carolina Mudcats. Um, uh, they're in the in in the uh, Carolina League standings in the Southern Division. Obviously, the big names there. Tyler Phillips was there. He's the one that just got moved up to Frisco. Um, there, you've got. Uh, Sam Huff, who was just promoted there, who's leading the league, got his first home run. Uh, some other names there. You got Dios Belarius. Uh, Matt Present, who we were just talking about, was telling, talking about uh, Yanni, uh, Yanni Rodriguez, that's that's doing real well there. Um, or uh, and then you've also got um, you've also got uh, Anderson Tejada. You've got Leody Tavares. Tavares. With the outfield also consistent of, you know, Julio Pablo Martinez is the outfielder. Um, that that's the the besides Leodi, he, he's the and he is struggling. Um, that this may be a bust. He was the one that came out of Cuba. He is he is not doing well. Whether it's being in the United States, I don't know, but he is really having a tough time. Uh, from there, uh, you've obviously got to go to Frisco, which is the local team that I get to cover. And Frisco, they are. 23 and 20. They are in the Texas League South Division. They are one and a game, one and a half games up on Corpus Christi, which is the Houston affiliate. But uh, they are four, four and six in their last ten games. Um, so they're they are also leading their division. And uh, you know the biggest names there are going to be Palumbo. Now that we've got Tyler Phillips there, Joe Palumbo. You've got Brock Burt, who that finger issue. Um, it turned out that finger issue wasn't the only thing he was dealing with. He's got a uh, fatigued shoulder, and so that that's another deal that 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 Frisco's having to deal with. Um, and as far as at the plate, they don't really have any of their bigger uh, uh, fielding prospects or batting hitting prospects at Frisco. Biggest hitting prospects. Uh, in the organization probably was Willie, who's now in the major leagues, and that was up in AAA in Nashville. Uh, Nashville, by the way, is, is not doing very well right now. Let's go take a look at what Nashville's doing. Nashville is uh, – they are 16-26, and 26, 10 games under 500. They are nine games back of Iowa in the uh, Pacific Coast League, the, the Northern League, American League, Northern League. Uh, they're 5-5 five and five over their last 10, which they've actually done okay. They're, they're playing 500 ball here lately. Tim Dillard has really stepped up. Uh, Tim Dillard of hey Tim Dillard that they've you know taken out my uh, my Twitter feed but uh, Tim's done pretty good uh, filling in he's had to make some starts for him and he's he's really turned out to be an asset to help some of those arms there 
uh, Feigl is the, the big name there that's probably close to coming to the major leagues. As far as batting, about the, the best hitter on the team that, that's, well, the, the legit hitter on, Zach Granite and uh, Eli White are two names to look for that could possibly be in the major leagues. Scott Heineman's probably getting ready to go there. He's been extended spring. He's been cleared to play. He's, he's playing some extended spring now. I think he's about to start out at, at – uh, out at Nashville and start getting some bats. That's another guy that could be coming back here. We, you know, um, um, what's his name? Delano got demoted there and hit a home run in his first game. Uh, and and he's he's playing there for for Nashville. Uh, if he comes back up, that would be an injury wise. They're 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 trying to get him more consistent at bats. So that's down in the bus leagues. That's where they are right now. What everyone knows. So this is that's going to be the end of this episode of uh, Rangers Nation's podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening to this one. Uh, thank everyone who we talked to for for being a part of it. Um, you guys have been great. I wish you'd go and follow me on Twitter at the at the uh, at Ranger Nation Pod at Ranger Nation Pod. Go follow me there. I'm I'm over 400 followers now. I'd like to get more than that you guys give me some thumbs up uh let me know what you think about this uh any questions you ever want answered i'd be happy to answer i did have one question joe siegler that that runs the the texas ranger uh facebook page the the big he asked one time you know where did you come up with the recliner nerd how did you get the recliner nerd um and so i i meant to answer that last week i didn't the recliner nerd is really something that kind of uh when i first started writing for dallas sports nation uh i was uh, talking about some certain moves they can make. It was during the off season. We were winter meetings were coming up, and then I, I was kind of ending everything with, "Well, what do I know? I'm just some guy sitting on his recliner, you know, eating Cheetos and drinking a cold beer or something like that." And that kind of morphed into the recliner nerd, and pretty soon I had the handle the recliner nerd, and that's where that kind of took off from. But uh, again, thank everyone for listening. Uh, give us a thumbs up if you like it. Um, uh, you know, we'll try to get we're getting these out every week. I'll be at the game tonight uh, if you're you're listening to this on Monday. I'll be there tonight covering the Seattle Mariners and the Texas Rangers. Um, like I say, we're going to sign off now. And like I say at the end of every podcast and every story I write, nerd out. <laughs>